In this digital first world, the old ways of recruiting are becoming obsolete. Or are they? The talent demands on every business has put TA squarely in the hot seat. Welcome to Talent Acquisition in the Trenches, a real dialogue podcast with talent acquisition pros closest to the front line. We want to talk to our peers who are actually doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. You're going to learn what their biggest challenges are and how they're being solved. I'm your host, Matt Reimer, and I'm here to talk about TA. I've been in TA for over 20 years, and what I know is that I don't know. I'm here to listen and learn just like you. No scripts, just real dialogue. Talent Acquisition in the Trenches is powered by NACR, the preeminent association for healthcare recruitment professionals focused on education, networking, and providing resources to enable our members to become strategic business partners in the ever-changing healthcare environment. My friends call me Reimer, so friends, let's create some new riffs with Reimer. Thanks for trenching in. The post-pandemic world has most certainly escalated a trend that has stretched back over at least a couple of decades, and that's a downward trend in our unemployment rate. As of today, end of August 2022, our overall unemployment rate is at a 50-year low, 3.5% nationally. Citing some research of a good friend of mine, Howard Reicher, in general, a decade before COVID, there were five job seekers for every vacancy available. Today, that ratio is 0.5. Further, the BLS estimates, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, estimates that 11.9 million new jobs will be added by 2030. That's just a short eight years away, but expects only 8.9 million new workers to become available. The math there is just not adding up. So those are national statistics for really all job categories. We know things in healthcare are tough right now. But the deeper question is, are we in the middle of a full-blown workforce crisis? And we just haven't felt the full effect of that yet. So today's guest is Shauna Lewis, who I get the pleasure of working with and collaborating with on a daily basis. Shauna has over 20 years of successful TA and workforce development experience and leadership. In her current role, she serves as Vice President of Talent Acquisition and Workforce Programs for Trinity Health. For those those of you that don't know, Trinity Health is the second largest Catholic health system nationally with locations in 22 different states. She's also nationally known. She served the last three administrations, including an invitation by the Obama and Trump White House administrations to participate in the widely regarded Employee Healthcare Workforce Roundtable discussions. Most recently, she served on the Industry Recovery Panel for the Biden administration. More importantly, she's passionate about removing barriers and creating a greater access to higher wage careers. And she's been instrumental in introducing apprenticeship programs throughout the healthcare sector, much like her MA apprenticeship program, which we're launching right now inside of Trinity. And we're going to dig into a little bit deeper here today. Shauna, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, I'm excited to this. You and I get to to talk uh, on a uh, on a weekly basis, and so uh, getting a chance to to go one on one here is, is super exciting. So I want to start at the top because uh, I, I actually think this is one of your 
uh, great superpowers. And I, I've had the, uh, the uh, honor and pleasure to, to work uh, with you and around you here for coming up, which is hard to believe, the last three years. And, and one of your superpowers, I believe, is um, engaging and getting senior leaders behind long-term investments in strategies in workforce development, things like these apprenticeship programs. And, and I, I think that's been interesting for me to watch, um, just as we all know that the, the acute needs uh, of recruitment are, are so uh, intense right now. I, I'm just kind of curious, how do you get leaders thinking about these long tail investments in your program? Yeah, thank you. Well, at Trinity Health, this starts with just having super smart leaders that understand that there is a, a problem and we have to create a solution, right? Um, but really what it boils down to is speaking their language and ensuring that it aligns with our mission and our value and our goals. Um, oftentimes, our executive leaders are faced with data, just the sheer bottom line of things. So um, the first thing we need to start with is what does the data tell us? I mean, you mentioned some of the trends in data um, that's very daunting, you know, at the beginning of this call. So again, you know, looking at what are the trends around workforce gaps? Uh, what's the data around turnover? What's the data around vacancy rates? Um, what is our, our data around engagement of our colleagues? So starting there and then knowing it isn't just about the data, there's a story behind the data as well. For each data point, there's an individual with a real name um, that we have the opportunity as an organization to impact. So when we think about engagement, when we think about um, diversity and inclusion, we think about living into our mission and our core values, then those become real people. And those conversations become a little bit easier to have with our executives. Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess just for, for folks that are, um, you know, uh, learning more about, um, you know, who you are and, and, and what you do on a on a day to day basis, um, you know, maybe kind of give us a little bit of context uh, as it relates to, you know, kind of in your Trinity life, um, you know, kind of what what's what's the team look like? Uh, you know, what's the uh, what's the what's the day to day look like? And then um, I'd love to learn more about, um, you know, some of these, uh, you know, kind of national national initiatives. I, I know that you're highly involved at the federal level, but then also, uh, you know, in the great state of Michigan. Yeah, thank you. You know, we have an amazing team, Matt. You know that. You you work along, we work alongside each other every day. So we're only as good as, as the teams that are, um, that are passionate um, and, and are smart and are driving a lot of these strategies. So on a day-to-day on a -day basis, you know, my role has really elevated to being that strategic thought partner for our leaders and, and our team members, um, removing barriers and ensuring that we have, a, you know, an execution on that strategy. Um, I really had the privilege throughout Trinity Health to grow my career, you know, started as a, a regional director over one health system. Um, and just in, you know, less than nine years, um, I, I'm privileged to lead national teams, national programs, and I've been promoted all the way through to, to vice president. Um, so daily, as of late, it's all around strategy. It's looking at data, trying to figure out solutions to close those workforce gaps. Um, but you and I both know also there's a real struggle around keeping our own teams engaged. 
um, talent acquisition in and of itself, you know, I think there's a real fatigue and burnout that's happening across um, that profession, across all sectors. And so as a leader, um, my job is all to, also to ensure that my team feels supported, that they're engaged, that they have the resources um, that they need to be successful, but then they also feel cared for and appreciated. Um, so those are some of the things that I do on a high level on a daily basis, as well as um, in constant contact with our executive leaders and our frontline leaders around where are the pain points, where are the greatest opportunities for us to continue to support them and the organizational needs. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when, you know, working for one of the largest health systems in the U.S., um, let's just cut right to it. What, what are, you know, from that workforce gap perspective, what are some of the things from a strategic perspective that you're most focused in on right now? So when you, you know, when, when you and I talk, I know that you talk a lot about building these strategic pipelines. Are there specific job families? Are there specific positions right now that, you know, really from your vantage point and the senior leadership uh, team's vantage point um, are, are a must to get right from a pipeline perspective? Yeah. So we have, I mean, we have a really great opportunity because we have, um, we've mapped out and we know just from the industry, the healthcare industry that we're in, but also from an organizational standpoint, we know where our high demand jobs are at. We know that, you know, trends are pointing to, we are losing clinicians um, daily at a significant rate. Um, we're, we're losing um, individuals that are in those allied health roles that help support and care for um, our, our patients. But we also know that we have um, entry-level colleagues that are looking for, searching for, and hungry for a career opportunity. And so really um, marrying the two, looking at where are our, some of our greatest assets right now, which you know, in healthcare, oftentimes sit in those entry-level roles. We have a high percentage of colleagues that um, that sit in those entry-level roles, whether it's, you know, environmental services, nutritional services, um, you know, pharmacy technicians, et cetera. Those individuals have come into our organization with little or no skills, um, but they also are very hungry for and interested in how do I continue my career journey in healthcare? And so when we look at those in-demand jobs and we look at, we have this population of colleagues that have been entrusted to us, how do we marry the two together? Mm -hmm. And that's where um, innovative workforce development strategies and workforce development programs really come into play. And just to back up a little bit, how we started the apprenticeship program came out of that exact need. I remember having a conversation with our CMO of our medical group. And he was looking at this daunting data around supply for medical assistance. We know medical assistants play a critical role um, in our physician practices. And we know that without that um, workforce, it's going to be really hard to care for our patients. And so he challenged me at the time, how do we get away from our traditional hiring models? Because we know the supply just isn't in the region. It wasn't in the region at the time. And so I had an idea along with um, a couple of other thought partners in, in HR to just bring our community together and start to be very transparent about the daunting 
data before us and how do we fix it? How do we create um, more supply? How do we get innovative? And so we started talking about healthcare apprenticeships. Um, eight, nine years ago, they didn't really exist. Apprenticeships were really around manufacturing and the construction industry, and they did it really well. So we took a play out of their playbook and we said, let's try this in healthcare. Um, and we did a lot of regional collaboration with our workforce development boards. Um, with our community colleges, and we created the very first medical assistant apprenticeship program uh, nationally in healthcare. And we have um, been able to really build on that success of that program by implementing other apprenticeship programs. Now, the beauty around apprenticeship programs is that it gives our colleagues, um, especially those that are trying to manage um, their financial resources and learn at the same time, it really gives them an opportunity to learn and earn at the same time. Um, but it also positions our organization very well for something that has been talked about um, for several decades through several administrations, and that is apprenticeships. Again, apprenticeships have mm -hmm. been primarily about manufacturing and construction. There's always been federal funding as a, you know, late, um, always been a great deal of federal funding around apprenticeship programs. Well, now healthcare has an opportunity to tap into some of those federal and state level funds that have traditionally gone to other sectors to help us close the healthcare workforce gaps. So what, what, the, what would be, um, like from an, so like, I'm, I'm interested in this apprenticeship, um, and just so many different directions we could go here, but just from the, the person going through the experience, like what, what would the apprenticeship experience provide me that maybe, you know, just getting a regular job might not like, could you just talk me through that a little bit? Like if I was wanting to start an apprenticeship program, like what would that experience be like for me kind of going through that? Mm hmm well, the first thing it does is it gives you immediate access uh, to a higher paying job. Um, oftentimes our, um, our reward is on the back end, right? You know, we, we go through all of this schooling or all of this training, and then we have to wait to get hired into a job and start using um, our knowledge and our skills after we've gone through that training or education program. This allows our colleagues to immediately get into that role and start feeling what it's like to be in whatever apprenticeship program they're in, whether it's medical assistant or sterile processing, surge tech, some of the other apprenticeship programs that we've launched. It gives them an opportunity to start feeling like they're a part of that care team immediately. The other thing it does is it um, it gives them an opportunity to, that as they're learning and they're learning on a weekly basis, they can immediately go back to the job and start applying what they're learning. So they have the opportunity to immediately apply those skills and those knowledge to the job, which also then strengthens their experience and their confidence. The other third thing that it does is it allows our colleagues to um, financially be able to support themselves and, and their families as they're going through these programs. Um, our traditional medical assistant programs and even some of our traditional like nursing assistant programs, sometimes they don't allow you to work 
and go to school at the same time just because of the the hours of the program, the intensity of the program, et cetera. This really allows our colleagues to continue earning um, a wage while they're going through and learning a new skill and a new profession. Um, the other thing that it does, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, and I don't want to downplay this at all, it really starts to give our colleagues that immediate confidence. Like, I can do this. This is where I belong um, because they're doing this almost immediately as they come into the program. As they progress through the program, as they're learning and their education, their skills, they start to, to progress in their curriculum, then they're progressing in the responsibilities that they get. One of the things that um, we've done at Trinity Health is we have designed um, the program so that when our colleagues graduate um, from that particular program, we are taking into consideration their experience already. So they're not coming in as what you'd consider like a new mm. grad or someone with mm -hmm. no experience because they've been gaining experience the entire time that they've been on the learning and earning journey. That's awesome. So, you know, in a lot of these roles, you know, we, we often, you know, uh, talk a, a lot about, you know, turnover, right? So we put somebody into this position and then the turn is pretty quick. Do you find that in these apprenticeship programs that you've launched and that you're working to scale that, you know, turnover actually improves? It does. Actually, we've measured it. We've measured it against the traditional way of hiring for some of those job families. And we have found that uh, we have a greater percentage of retention with individuals that are going through the learn and earn programs or the work-based learning programs um, than we do with the traditional hiring. Hmm. A lot of that is, is that they're invested. You know, they've, they've taken the time to mm -hmm. invest in us and, um, and they, they see the investment that we've made in them. Yeah. So when, when we, um, you know, maybe take a, a step back for, you know, for a second and, you know, talk strategically about how these programs fit into kind of our overall talent acquisition strategy, you know, looking down the road, do you see these programs scaling further and, you know, them, you know, really becoming a, a, a good entry point, um, you know, for folks into an organization at scale? Do you think it replaces, you know, maybe traditionally how we recruit for some of these roles or kind of what's your forward looking vision of, of, of programs like these? Yeah, so it, it's a it's a multi strategy approach. I mean, we know this in talent acquisition. There isn't there isn't one ingredient that's going to make up the perfect sauce. It's all of the different mm -hmm. different ingredients that's going to get us to where we need to be with regards to closing those workforce gaps and ensuring that we have. Um, the talent needed to care for our communities and our patients. Um, this is absolutely a talent acquisition strategy. It's absolutely a diversity, inclusion, and equity strategy. And it is absolutely an organizational development strategy as well. Um, workforce development is going to be the way of the future and how we develop our talent, simply because there just isn't enough experience supply um, talent supply coming through traditional programs and training programs and education programs. So we're going to have to help our colleagues, um, as well as those in the community, navigate their career. We're going to have to help them identify um, what their unique skill sets are, 
um, and help them get on a journey to using that unique skill set. Um, this, these types of programs um, are not only you know supportive of ensuring that our colleagues are developed and moving into high demand jobs, um, but for every colleague that we're placing in that high demand job, that reduces our requisition <laughs> load. So yeah, right. we've got, yeah, we've got 25 recs, um, which would be amazing to only have 25 recs these days. But if we had 25 recs for yeah. medical assistants, let's say, and we have 25 medical assistants that are coming through a training program, that's 25 less recs than we're going to have. So it's a mm -hmm. strategy mm -hmm. for um, multiple reasons. Talent acquisition, it supports diversity and inclusion. It supports um, organizational effectiveness and development. So let's just say, you know, I'm listening to the to this, uh, you know, chat here today, and you know, I don't have, you know, these types of programs, you know, in my infrastructure yet, right? But but you know, I'm inspired, and you know, I want to start the the process of, you know, kind of, you know, building the business case out, which we talked a little bit about, but more importantly, um, something you had mentioned, you know, all of the different stakeholders in the community. Um, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm curious about how, um, you know, uh, how you engage, you know, the, the, the workforce investment boards or what role you're playing with local, you know, college, uh, you know, colleges or community colleges or, um, you know, folks in the community and, and just how far reaching that needs to be to be successful in launching these types of programs. I'm, I'm just kind of curious if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is a regional and, and national collaboration. So um, my first recommendation would be to go to your workforce development board, your workforce innovative mm -hmm. um, agency, and because they really are, they, you know, nationally, um, they are very aware of the, you had mentioned it earlier in the call, of the workforce crisis that we're in right now. Um. They also have very clear objectives that um, that support supporting the employers in their community on helping to ensure that we have the appropriate workforce. And I will say that we've got some amazing workforce boards out there. I've I have absolutely faith in in most of them. Um, I haven't been able to. Um, help create some of these successful uh, programs that we have without the support of our workforce boards. Um, so that that would be where I would start first. Um, and then secondly, your community colleges are going to be key in this workforce development strategy as well. They are also very aware of uh, decreased attendance of students. Mm -hmm. um, they are very aware of the employers that are needing um, additional education and innovative training programs. Um, these are all conversations that are taking place at the national level. We also have national organizations that, um, that, that have uh, partners like Trinity Health that belong to them that are tribal learning, best practices, um, such as Han, uh, Healthcare Anchor Network. Uh, which Trinity is one of the founders of. Um, also, the National um, Workforce Funds. Um, national organizations like that will also um, not only keep you connected, but can connect you to potentially regional or local resources. 
And so when you talk about resources, you know, in addition to, you know, maybe, you know, coordination help, there's also funding out there to be had, I would assume, for these types of initiatives, both nationally, federally, and maybe even locally. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing the organization has to do is they have to be willing to make the investment. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we did that when we developed the first um, apprenticeship program. It was our very first, you know, official workforce development um, program. We said, if we don't get any funding anywhere else, the numbers make sense for us to make the investment initially. Um, and mm -hmm. we only had to do that for a short amount of time. The first year we launched the program, 70, 78% of it was covered by external funding. Um, and then pretty much every year after that, we've had almost 100% um, funding available. So, you know, this is wow. from a global from a global view. Um, we know that, you know, in all of the administrations that I've been privileged to serve on, we know this is a national this is a national strategy. This has to be a national initiative, and a national strategy. This is a national crisis. When, it, when you think about workforce um, and the lack of. So we know that access to training and education, um, helping individuals uh, financially with childcare, transportation, all of those wraparound services are going to strengthen the workforce development pipeline. So when you think about resources um, and you mentioned funding, there is absolutely funding available. Your workforce boards should know how to tap into that. Some of your community nonprofit organizations will know how to tap into that. And some of your community colleges will know how to tap into that. We've partnered with some amazing community colleges, especially in Michigan, Grand Rapids Community College, Muskegon Community College, and others, um, Schoolcraft, that they've actually identified funding available for us as an employer that we can tap into for education and training dollars. So I would say, you know, do so your it's out there. Out. You need to spark the investment. Yeah, you need to spark the investment. But you know, there is resources out there. There is help out there. Um, you know, for your workforce strategies. Absolutely. Yeah, just to give me a, a just a, a sense, uh, and I probably should know this, so shame on me. But like, how you know how. Um, pervasive is the, um, you know, apprenticeship programs inside of Trinity, you know, are they, you know, are they, are they kind of in this growth mode? I mean, do you have them where you want them to be? Or is there, you know, we, we need to basically blow this out uh, substantially. Yeah, we need to blow it out substantially. <laughs> especially kind of I figured you were going to say. But, yeah. I mean, especially if you just think about the, the numbers and the data that you shared at the beginning of this call. Um, it's pretty daunting. Mm -hmm. And um, the one thing that we do have is we had very early on um, when these trends um, started to, to come to light that we were going to have some workforce shortages way before the pandemic. Um, we had some very um, thoughtful and smart leaders that invested in workforce development programs early on, such as the Medical Assistant Apprenticeship Program. What we've been able to do in one of our one of our regions within Trinity Health is really kind of pilot um, a lot of those programs and that strategy. So now we've gotten it to a point where it's ready to scale. And mm. we have um, at the very executive level of Trinity Health, 
um, our executives have made that investment into workforce development. We we are standing up um, and have somewhat of that already stood up a workforce development structure. Um, and we have a very clear strategy that we need to execute on. Um, as of recent, we have been able to launch two, um, or at least one national program. One is about to go into flight, um, and that's our nursing assistant training program. It's our first national training program where all of our ministries across 22 states um, had the ability to participate in that program if they were ready. Some of them were as ready as others. And we're going to be launching the medical assistant um, apprenticeship and training program nationally as well. So we're really excited about that. But yeah, we need to blow it out of the water, Matt. We need to move yeah. fast. I'm excited about that, and I'm excited to um, uh, you know participate in those pilots and get to experience them firsthand. Uh, you know, uh, in the work that I do with Intrinity. So before we leave the apprenticeship, you know, um, you know, kind of uh, program, uh, you know, vein that we we got into here, because I do want to step back and and kind of ask the question. In addition to the apprenticeship program, right? Um, what else is out there? But before we do that, um, just a, a question that I have is, you know, as you look back over deploying some of these programs, you know, from the moment that you get the business case. Um, you know, uh, stable, you know, through, you know, employee one into the program. Is, is there any, you know, kind of common pitfalls or things that like, you know, uh, you know, allow the, the program to drag on or stall out or not get deployed? You know, is there any gotchas that you could maybe educate the audience on to say like, hey, if you're if you're in this journey, here's the things I want you to really think about to not stall the momentum that you need to, to get to where you're at, Shauna? Yeah, that's a great question. And we certainly have learned along the way um, that there are three things that you absolutely have to have. You first of all have to have the executive buy-in and sponsorship. It's one thing for mm -hmm. your executive leadership team to say, yes, this is the right thing to do and go do it. It's another thing to have them actually sponsor it and say, what do mm -hmm. we need to do to get this done? Um, and I'm going to remove those barriers. And then the second thing is give you the infrastructure and resources to execute on that strategy, mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. is really key. And then the third thing is um, you have to continue to monitor the success of the programs. We have, um, in the past years, we've had to pivot really quick when something wasn't working. Um, and so you have to be willing to take the risk and pivot quickly. Um, and that's the third thing. So executive buy-in um, and then their sponsorship to give you the infrastructure and the resources needed, and then learn to... Um, fail fast, as some people might say. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, take the risk and pivot when you need to. Just to give the audience some sense, you know, um, your team inside of, of uh, inside of Trinity focused on this right now. You know, what what type of talent are on the the, the team that that's working on these initiatives? And you know, can you kind of talk a little bit about the skill sets that really help you to to move it along? Yeah, 
you know, honestly, um, this structure has just grown organically. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't my skill set when I first realized that this mm-hmm. needed to be a solution for us. Um, so you you learn along the way. But I would say that the first skill set that you need um, with individuals that are going to support this work, um, and it isn't even a skill set, it's passion. Um, they have to have mm-hmm. a passion for this work because it can be, sometimes it can be slow moving. It can be a little daunting. You're going to have some setbacks. Um, and so you really have to be committed, um, to the purpose of this work and you have to have passion around it. Beyond that though, um, I recently have, have hired a director, um, that will report to me and she has a lot of great experience in standing up programs like this and more innovative programs around second chance programs. Um, she's also worked a great deal with funders in the past. So um, those that type of experience and knowledge um, will also help advance this work. The person who's been alongside of me in this work uh, mostly for the last eight years, again, kind of organically took this career path, um, had a real passion for it, had a passion for serving our mission and ensuring that uh, we were giving access to our colleagues and at the same time closing workforce gaps and um, now she's certified in workforce development, but she started out in talent acquisition. Yeah, great place to start out. Uh, those TA recruiters uh, out engaging with the the community, doing the recruitment, making the calls. So I, I love it. So join hundreds of your healthcare TA peers and enjoy the benefits of a NACR membership today. Free educational webinars, access to our listserv, and discounts to your CHCR certification. All of this and much, much more for as low as $80 per person annually. Learn more at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. We're at at a half hour already here, which is hard to believe. So I want to, I definitely have a couple more questions that I would like to to get to here. And and, um, the the next question is, all right, so we've got the apprenticeship, um, you know, uh, a program strategy down and seems like something that absolutely, um, as things go forward, I've got to start, investing in and, and I've got to start um, getting the evangelical message out to the organization that this is a critical pipeline for us. Are, are there other strategies that are being discussed either nationally uh, or, um, you know, even inside of, of Trinity to kind of help us continue to, um, you know, address that gap that we talked about at the top of the hour? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so the workforce development programs is just one piece of it, but you have to ensure that those those programs and that strategy is sustainable, um, and you have to continue to um, feed that pipeline. And so there are two other really critical pieces um, to workforce development and workforce development programs. Um, one I briefly mentioned on, and that's career navigation. I mean, we have to have an advanced, high-quality career navigation support system that is going to help our colleagues and those in our communities that we serve um, identify and map a path to an optimal job for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, each, each person has um, unique skill sets. Each person is unique. And so we need to help them understand what their skill set is, what their preferences are, and really help them focus in on the jobs that are going to get them 
to their noble purpose, that's going to get them to a job that's going to be meaningful for them um, within our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And then uh, second to that, and we, we found this out more than ever during the pandemic, is those resource services, you know, the wraparound services. You know, our colleagues mm-hmm. need help. Um, they need help navigating the system around childcare and, and funding for transportation. Um, we started a program um, in our Michigan region with the funding and support from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. We started a Rise Up program, and that really is designed to help our colleagues get on career paths to um, meaningful and noble work, um, as well as wraparound services. And man, I got to tell you, you know, some of the stories that, that come out of that are just so rewarding, um, but some of them really touch your heart when we think about, we've had some colleagues that have been homeless, sleeping in their cars. We mm-hmm. wouldn't have known this if we didn't have these types of resources for them to tap into. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the career navigation piece of it needs to happen up front. So we're ensuring that we got the right people coming through those programs um, and then we've got to come alongside of them with those wraparound services. So those are the two next um, strategy pieces that we need to, to implement. And we don't have to do this alone as an organization. These are going to be um, external, national, and community partnerships that we lean on for these two additional strategy pieces. Wow, that's awesome. So really, you know, from an, you know, an employer perspective, you know, from, you know, just idea of, of, you know, finding your noble purpose, which I love that. And I'm going to reuse that again and again. So that's the first time I've uh, heard that. And so that's, that's beautiful identifying that. But then once I get you in and get you moving, supporting you uh, in more ways than just a paycheck. Right. And, and so, uh, um, that's really the focus of, of your team, you know, for Trinity Health and, and the work that you're doing for us day in and day out. And so I thank you for that. Thank you, Matt. It's my pleasure. You know, it's the differentiator, too. So there's a strong business case behind that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So um, I guess two more questions. And then uh, I know, uh, I know we're, we're at, uh, we're about at time here. And so the, the, the next question is, is, is there a question that I should have asked that I haven't asked? Or is there something that you feel like we should have talked about here today that we haven't? You know, I don't think so. You have really covered it well, Matt. Um... And, you know, I want to thank you for your continued leadership in Trinity Health as well. You've been an amazing partner. Um, And even in this space, you know, you've cleared the way for us. Um, You've supported us along the way. So, you know, I can't really think of anything. Um, If I can leave you with just some, you know, our talent acquisition leaders that might be listening to this call or our workforce development leaders. Um, is just to be a part of the solution. Don't be afraid to run into the fire. Um, As we watched um, over the last couple of years, our nurses and our clinicians running into the fire, right? To save lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is our opportunity and our privilege to run into the fire to serve this work, to, um, 
solve this workforce development crisis that we're in or this workforce crisis that we're in. So I would say, don't be afraid to do that um, and to walk in your purpose in, in serving um, the organization that you work for and helping to find solutions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, our audience here is, you know, primarily going to be, uh, you know, healthcare uh, professionals, recruiters, and, you know, they really are um, special people. You, you, you choose to work in healthcare, you're choosing to do something a little bit different, you know, with your time. And, and it is, you know, truly, a you know, a noble um, a cause and purpose. And, um, you know, I, I think about it all the time as, as it relates to, you know, and sometimes the numbers, you know, Shauna, that you and I deal with are, are just wild, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of hires, you know, we're overseeing on a day-to-day basis. But yet each one of those, um, you know, has the ability to impact a family member, a friend, um, you know, somebody very close and personal to, to you. And I, I really try to, as we're making decisions and as we're, you know, working together for solutions, really try to keep that, you know, that patient, that centered, that family at the, at the center of, of what we do. And, and so I, I know that I know that about you. All right. So one last question here, and uh, then I'm going to let you go. And so the, the question kind of goes like this. And I actually I got a hunch on how you're going to answer this, but, uh, but I, uh, I ask at the, at, at the end of each show. So if, and uh, we've got like the best CHRO in the land, right? And so, uh, you know, Ed Hodge uh, is uh, is one of the best CR- CHROs that I've ever been around. But let's say that, um, you know, you had the ability to go rogue and, and do something that you knew would, ca- would create exponential impact uh, at Trinity or, you know, somewhere else, right? Just uh, hypothetically at Trinity and invest in something that would be exponential for the organization, what, what would be that thing that you would say, hey, let's go do this now, and trust me, it's going to have this, this big of an impact? You're right. We do have one of the best CHROs in the land. Um, so if he listens to this, it See might actually preface that question with this? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if he listens to this, it might actually happen because um, he's, yeah, yeah, he's right. very passionate about, about serving our colleagues. Um, yes. You know, I kind of mentioned it earlier and, you know, we've, we know that workforce development programs work. Um, we know mm-hmm. that they create better retention, higher engagement, um, and they also reach into our most diverse population within our colleagues, um, and that is, you know, black and brown people. We have a higher mm-hmm. percentage of them coming through the programs than sometimes in our traditional hiring. So the next big strategy, the next big piece um, that we need to really focus on is that high quality career navigation. We mm-hmm. have to help our colleagues and those in our community navigate their career. They don't, sometimes they don't know what they don't know. Um, when mm-hmm. we're out talking mm-hmm. in the community, sometimes they think that the hospitals have basically three people, somebody that what they say cleans the floors, um, and the beds, mm-hmm. the nurses and the doctors, they don't know of the varying mm-hmm. roles in between those. And so to mm-hmm. help our colleagues from the day they come in the door, start thinking about, a career, you're here, 
Now we're going to keep you here. We're going to make sure that you belong, that you have the support that you need mm-hmm. to identify your next one, two, three, four career steps with us. And then actually helping them navigate that, not just saying, oh, yeah, you'd make a great whatever, but actually having the support services within that career navigations um, model to come alongside of them and say, here's the education and training you need. Here's the partners that we've engaged to help you do that. Here's the resources that we have through our tuition program or funding or whatever that is. Um, But really a high quality career navigation model will really, I think, be a game changer for us now. I love it. I love it. And that's a great place to, to end. So if uh, folks have questions for Shauna, what would be the best way for them to reach out and, and engage with you? Yeah, I, I would love to uh, to receive more emails. <laughs> <I really would>. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn is the canned question for that is the <laughs> canned answer for that one. <laughs> no, I really would, especially around this topic um, yeah. in, in this space. I'm very passionate about it. You know, we have to help all boats rise, right? Not just Trinity Health. Yeah. Um, you can reach True. me at shauna.lewis um, at trinity, trinity-health.org. And maybe we'll be able to put that somewhere. That's uh, that's gracious, and and uh, you know I'm sure the the tribe will uh, appreciate that. We can include that in the in the show notes as well. And um, hey, I appreciate you much uh, for jumping in here today and uh, sharing some wisdom and some knowledge. So many uh, nuggets for us to all consider. Um, and and I think as we as we move forward, you know we we've got to think deeper and support more uh, investment in the future. And that's really what you're, you know, um, pointing us in the direction uh, here today. Um, You know, we can keep grinding away at at doing the things that uh, we're doing now, but they're not meeting the gaps. And I think you laid out a roadmap for us to, to meet those gaps. And so, Thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure we'll be catching up here uh, uh, in Trinity, inside of Trinity sometime soon. And so, Sean, I appreciate much. And thanks for joining today. My pleasure, my friend. All right. We want to thank you for listening to TA in the Trenches. We are produced by Iron Mike and his team at Ironbound Media. Keep up the great work, team. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and check out all of our episodes at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. You also can find me out on LinkedIn where you'll find quick show riffs. Feel free to ping me. I always respond. Bye for now.